0: Thank <laughs> you. Folks, I've been telling you for quite some time that we've been living in the banana republic. A lot of other people are pointing it out, too. But I think now it's re- reached such a feverish pitch and it's become so obvious to anyone with common sense and anyone who wants to really take an unbiased view of our current situation that it's really true, that we're living in a corrupt, 2 tier justice system and there's no way to hide it, deny it, or defend it. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show. And you can do so in one of several easy ways. You can either go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store, and you can simply download the free Podbean app, which is our hosting service. Search out The Jamie Dury Show and subscribe. Or you can use your native podcast aggregator app, depending which device you use. Search out The Jamie Dury Show and subscribe that way. Either way you choose to subscribe, you'll be able to leave reviews, comments. We desperately need more of both. The more reviews we get, the higher the show will appear in the search engines of, say, the iTunes app store when people search for conservative content. So we want to grow. And the more we grow, the more we'll be able to bring you in the way of offerings and interviews and perhaps add a live call in line. Now, before we get to this banana republic that we're living in, the two-tier justice system, I do want to speak briefly and offer my condolences to the family, or the families rather, of those who were killed in that terrible, terrible tragedy with the submersible that was going down to investigate the Titanic. It was very, very sad. Uh, It was extremely tragic. But it was, unfortunately, from what it looks like, an accident waiting to happen. Uh, People funded this event, and those were the people that got priority to go. The CEO himself was killed. Many people have gone down to view the wreck of the Titanic. It is an extraordinary thing. But I myself, especially as I get, get older, I don't like ceding control of any aspect of my life to someone or something that I don't control. That's why I realize that air travel is a necessary evil sometimes. I don't like it because I'm not flying the plane. Uh, I don't even like being in a car that's driven by somebody else. I like controlling my own destiny. One such person, a German by the name of Arthur Lobel, uh, was one of Oceangate's first customers. And he went back down in 2021. And he remarks that you have to be a little crazy to do this sort of thing. He got the idea. He went on the voyage. He says, imagine a metal tube a few meters long with a sheet of metal for a floor. You can't stand. You can't kneel. Everyone is sitting close or on top of each other. You can't be claustrophobic. A two-and-a-half-hour descent and ascent. The lights are off in order to conserve energy. The only illumination coming in to the cabin is from a fluorescent glow stick that they have in the cabin. The dive that day was repeatedly delayed to fix a problem with the battery and balancing weights in total the voyage took 10 and a half hours. You would never have gotten me in that sub. 10 and a half hours? Delayed to fix problems with the battery? No way. I'm not getting into the, into the submersible. But these people did. And now, after the fact, we're hearing all types of stories. Now, two of the people that died were related it was um, Shazada Dawood, uh, Dawood uh, and the 19-year-old Suleiman Dawood. Now, Suleiman was Mr. Dawood's son. Now, why did he go on there? Because he wanted to do it for his father, it was a happy Father's Day. He had reservations about going on, according to his aunt. He didn't want to go. Uh, and I guess those premonitions that he had um, came to pass. And when you think of the people that were on that submersible, a man like Mr. Dalwood, who is considered one of the most wealthy Pakistani business owners, he's the owner of Dalwood Hercules Corporation. It's an investment company, and some people say he was worth between hundreds of millions to billions. He had everything to live for, and certainly his nineteen-year-old son had everything to live for. Now, look, <clears throat> I don't want to start second-guessing these people. Maybe they thought, "Look, I'm I'm privileged to have the wealth to be able to do this. I like my son to be able to see something incredible with me that no one can see." But sometimes a certain degree of skepticism uh, is healthy in one's life. Just because something can be done doesn't mean you should do it. There's a lot of people that would like to climb Mount Everest. Now, Mount Everest was considered an unconquerable thing. Uh, The Mallory expedition was lost. They still debate about whether Sir Mallory reached the summit. They're looking for his camera. They found his body. They're looking for his camera. But there are over 150 bodies littering Everest, people that died attempting the climb, and there is no way to take them down. So they just stay there in perpetuity. Frozen corpses, reminding those who pass what could befall them if the weather turns deadly. And there have been several times when there have been blizzards that have claimed the lives of large numbers of of summiters on Everest. So everything comes at a price. And so because something can defy the elements, since the first bathyscaphe was first designed where well, we could go deeper than we'd ever gone before, doesn't mean it's a reason to go, because everything has to be right. These deep submersibles descend to depths beyond the capability of our finest military submarines because of their size and shape. Most acknowledged military submarines' crush depth is about 1,800 feet. Classified submarines can go down to 3,000. You may get some to go a little more, but that's the absolute limit for a sub of any size because of the surface area and the way the pressure acts on the on the outer skin. There's a limit. These submersibles can go a little further. Apparently, a whistleblower talked about problems with this submersible, that after each Descent, it had to be inspected, and they didn't want to subject it to the sort of uh, uh, incredible pressure testing that should have been necessary. They wanted to use acoustic testing, and this whistleblower who was an engineer said acoustic testing can only expose so many things. It can't expose the real flaws in the carbon fiber. You can go back and forth with this, but they really had nothing in place to try and facilitate a rescue in the event a submersible lost power and remained submerged with no way to regain the surface, but was still um, intact. They had nothing in place. That's why they had to scramble and get elements from the Canadian Navy and the French Navy and the U.S. Coast Guard to try and recover this vessel. But in this case, I think all that second-guessing about the lack of preparedness for catastrophes is all for naught. And much of this speculation about what they should have done and how they should have been prepared has been fueled by the media because there's conflicting reports that are being made or had been made up until yesterday when they finally announced the fate of this vessel, saying that they heard noises coming from the vicinity on Tuesday and Wednesday, which was meant to make people feel that The submarine was intact but disabled and the people were tapping or something to make noises that might be able to be picked up by sonar to allow them to zero in and perhaps have a rescue capability, a robotic rescue that could bring the submarine to the surface. Because supposedly the submarine did have oxygen for 96 hours. We now know though with the Identifying of the debris field by the robotic uh, submersible that went down and saw the debris field. We now know that the submarine was not intact, And we also know, that was not released right away, that the United States Navy, using special equipment that they're probably not supposed to admit that they have, were able to detect the sub's implosion on Sunday. So apparently a U.S. Navy vessel must have been within range of the Titanic in terms of sonic range, hearing things. And on Sunday, at about the time when the surface ship lost contact with the submersible, they detected a sonic anomaly, let's call it that, They call it uh, an anomaly consistent with an implosion or an explosion in the general vicinity of where the Titan submersible was operating when communications were lost. So if they received a sonic anomaly that was consistent with an implosion and now you find a debris field which has been positively identified as debris from the Titan submersible, then we know pretty much by default and logic that that anomaly that they heard was the implosion of the vessel on Sunday and that it completely collapsed. And I'm glad that that was the case rather than these people being abandoned or marooned at the bottom of the ocean, no heat, No light, because it's freezing down there. Literally on top of each other, going through what they had to do and suffer the horror, the mental horror of all of that. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. When a vessel like that implodes, every scientific source that I've consulted at that depth uh, has indicated to me That death would be instantaneous. As quick as the snap of my finger, it would be over. The water would rush in so fast, it would happen so quickly that they wouldn't even know what was happening. It would be over before they knew it. So I hope they are now with our Maker, and I hope the families have some peace. At least knowing that although they never replace their loss, they didn't suffer. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. Now on to the, uh, to the business at hand. The left has been going crazy trying to get rid of Donald Trump. And every time they put a knife in him, his numbers seem to go higher. And that's because Donald Trump is not playing ball with the swamp. Donald Trump recognizes that there is a swamp. And ever since he's recognized it, ever since he's pointed out the problems that existed uh, with the promise of the discovery of weapons of mass destruction. Now, I'm told by reading documents that weapons of mass destruction were found uh, many, many, many months later in certain places, stockpiles of chemical weapons and other things, uh, but and at that point, they didn't bother bringing it to the public's attention because the people had been so weary of hearing it that they didn't think anyone would believe it. This was during the um, second term of the Bush administration, the second Bush administration. At the time, I defended the war in Iraq. I defended the decision to go there and fight these people over there rather than have them come here. Saddam Hussein was nobody's friend. And... If he didn't have weapons of mass destruction, he certainly acted like it, and that was the consent, general consensus of every intelligence agency in the Western world. It was not only the assessment of the American intelligence agencies, it was also the assessment of the British at the time, the French, um, and other agencies, but uh, the fact of the matter is they didn't produce the goods, and Donald Trump was within his rights and was within, the, within his rights, to accuse them of uh, taking us to war um, for not a sufficiently justifiable reason. We can't go to war everywhere, and that's a fact. But ever since then, and throughout his presidency, he has had no compunction against taking on the swamp. Now, these people want to stay where they are. And why do they want to stay where they are? That's the real reason. Why do they want to stay where they are? Well, let me tell you something. How many times have you heard me say on this show that if you think the 535 people that currently comprise our members of Congress, our 100 senators and our 435 congressional representatives, represent the best and brightest of America and that they're the best possible people for those 535 positions, Then I've got oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you, as George Strait used to say. Half of them couldn't get a job as dog catchers. Dumber than a stump. That's why they can't stand Donald Trump, because these people can't make money any other way. Most of them are thieves. That's right. Most of them are thieves. They've all got their hands in their pockets. This out-of-work barmaid, AOC, she was bankrupt. She gets elected to Congress, and now she's worth $25 million in six years? How does that happen? How does that happen on a job that I don't think pays $100,000 or 150000 a year? How do you work $25 million? Certainly can't be for speaking fees. The woman has the IQ of a pencil eraser. I wouldn't pay to hear $0.25 cents to hear her speak. Ex-presidents usually get 60000 a speech. That's a lot of speeches to make $25 million. So how is she getting it? People talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is estimated to be worth $7 billion. Let me just break that down for you. That means Donald Trump could spend $100,000 a day for 196 years before he ran out of money. A man like that doesn't need to get elected president to make money or to steal money. Donald Trump, with his talent and his business acumen, is capable of making more money if he were not in office. But a man like Joe Biden, who's a dumb shit, and his son Hunter, who's a dumber shit, they can't make money in the private sector because they're dumb and they're stupid and they're talentless. That doesn't mean they're not conniving, Oh, they're conniving, they're scheming, but they have no talent. They have no marketable skill that they could use in the private sector. So when you have no marketable skill, but you've got a good line of bullshit, what other profession can you engage in? Well, you go into politics where you don't make money by selling a skill. You make money by selling influence you sell your country out, you sell your city out, you sell your state out, at whatever level you're at. And as you go higher and higher in the levels of politics, the more things you control, so the more influence can be peddled. And when you look at that, you begin to understand just how corrupt the Biden family is. And you can see why so many fingers are being pointed at Donald Trump. They've got Donald Trump on a 37-count indictment Dealing with classified materials, much of which were not classified, and charging him under the Espionage Act with 37 counts, felonies that could send him to jail for the rest of his life. Meanwhile, Joe Biden kept documents. Let's forget the corruption for a second. Let's just go apples for apples. Joe Biden had documents not secured, and he had them from his time as a senator. And a vice president. And he doesn't enjoy the same immunities that a president does. The president is governed by the Presidential Records Act only. He's not subject to the Espionage Act or the Federal Records Act. But Joe Biden was, because he was a vice president. So was Mike Pence. So was Bill Clinton when he kept documents. So were all of them. But they're going after Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump is the one that wants to drain the swamp. And wants to expose this one-party system. Adam Schiff has been spreading lies debunked by the Mueller report, debunked by the Durham report, but he still clings to them. And when Kevin McCarthy wanted to vote to censure him, 20 Republicans wouldn't go along with it. And all of them should be exposed. I read their names in a previous broadcast. Maybe one day I'll read them again, just to remind everyone. But they should all be voted out. In fact, I don't think there's a single politician that's currently in office, that's running on either side. Well, first of all, I would never vote for any sitting Democrat. But I wouldn't even vote for DeSantis. I wouldn't vote for Scott. If I had no other choice, if there was nobody but Biden running on the other side, I guess I would have to. But Donald Trump's the only one I'm interested in voting for because he's the only one that can hold up to this pressure. The rest of them will fold may take a little bit of time, but they'll fold. Even DeSantis, as tough as he is in Florida, he gets away with it because he has a Republican legislature, and he's got a Republican electorate that's supporting him. He goes to Washington on the national scale. That's not going to happen. They'll go after him the same way. I was just discussing this with a friend of mine. There's only one other candidate that if Donald Trump, for some reason, is not allowed to run, because as long as he's in the race, he's my guy. But if some reason he's not allowed to run, there's only one man. And the media, if you can conceive this, seems to hate him more than they hate Trump. That I would vote for. And that would be Robert Kennedy Jr. Because Robert Kennedy Jr. is a real outdoorsman. Robert Kennedy Jr. is not afraid to speak his mind. Robert Kennedy Jr. doesn't go along to get along. And he's ruffling a lot of feathers and they're attacking the hell out of him. Meanwhile, he poses very interesting questions and nobody has answers for them. Why is it that so many kids have autism today in this days of ever-increasing vaccinations? Now, I've heard different theories, but nobody's really been able to debunk what Robert Kennedy has alleged, whether they cause autism, whether they don't cause autism. The only credible explanation outside of vaccinations that I've heard as to why autism may be being caused or increasing is because people are having children later in life, and this can cause a host of problems as the eggs age and become less viable, and as the sperm ages and becomes less viable. And the second reason is they are moving the goalposts. Before, if you were between here and here, your child was autistic or on the spectrum. Now they bumped the goalpost out. So the field is not as narrow as it was. Now it's much longer and much wider. So there's a bigger gap in which your child can fall. And so now he's on the spectrum. Maybe he's not fully autistic, but he's on the spectrum. So these two factors could reasonably account for an increase. But I haven't gone over all the microdata, so I can't say that Robert Kennedy's wrong. But certainly he has the right to say it. And he doesn't have the right to be vilified by the press like he's been. The New York Times saying he's spreading disinformation, he's shaking people's uh, faith in science. Why shouldn't people have some shaken faith in science? You have idiots running around like this Daniel Hotez claiming that he knows everything about everything and that we have to have everybody mandatorily vaccinated. And who is he? Well, I'll tell you who he is. He's a doctor, like a lot of other people. Yeah. He went to good schools like Yale, a doctor of philosophy, a medical doctor from Wild Cornell College. But most of his life he spent researching neglected tropical diseases, and he's on vaccine development. So, of course, he's a pro-vaccine person. He's invested his whole life in vaccines. But because you're a pro-vaccine doesn't mean that somebody who disagrees with your vaccine is spreading misinformation. See, this is the thing we have to get out of our, get our heads wrapped around. The fact that someone disagrees with you or has a different point of view does not make what he or she is saying misinformation. Just like when people said, well, I think Donald Trump won the election. When when 79 million people believe someone won an election, it's not some fringe uh, group. It's not some convenient, small, rabid group of conspiracy theorists. There are people that have eyes and ears and don't understand how a person can increase their vote total by 10 million as an incumbent and still lose incumbents usually lose when their vote code, vote totals go down in their reelection and some people manage to win reelection even when they do go down barack obama got 3 million fewer votes in his reelection bid than he did when he originally ran in 2008 but he still won It would be unthinkable to you on the left that Barack Obama could get 10 million more votes in 2012 than he did in 2008 and lose. Where did all these other voters come from that exceeded? Well, we know where they came from. Same thing here. Someone challenges your vaccine data. It doesn't make them a conspiracy theorist doesn't make them guilty of spreading misinformation. They have a right to disagree with you. There's bona fide concerns. Certain populations, there's kids getting birth defects in large hearts, irreversible. Nothing wrong with that. And if this guy, Hotez, is really that confident, why doesn't he go and debate Robert Kennedy Jr.? And Joe Rogan is offered a lot of money if he'd come on and debate him. Go to any charity of his choice. $100,000. No questions asked. And Joe Rogan can afford it. He's worth a lot of money. But Donald Trump and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The only ones that I would consider voting for. And I would only vote for Kennedy if Trump is out of the picture. As long as he's there, I'm with him. But I'll take Robert F. Kennedy Jr. over any of the current Republicans that are going. And some of them are very decent people. DeSantis is a decent man and uh, Mr. Scott from South Carolina is definitely a decent man. He's an American success story. But nobody's going to hold up to the swamp. Nobody's going to have the but to challenge him. I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. would. And I never thought I'd vote for a Democrat again, but I'd vote for him. I would vote for him. Now, I started this because I wanted to segue into... All of the attempts that have been made to get rid of Donald Trump, 37 counts in the latest indictment, all related to bullshit document retention. And of all people, Barney Frank, the former uber liberal, first publicly acknowledged gay congressman from Massachusetts, comes out and he, of all people, says it was a terrible mistake to indict Donald Trump. He said other presidents have done this. There is no reason to single him out, and there is absolutely no reason to believe that national security was endangered in any way by anything Mr. Trump did. He goes, I would like him to explain it. Maybe he did it. He was sloppy about it. I think it's fair topics for debate in uh, a presidential debate if he's running. I like to see it settled in an election, but I don't think we should be weaponizing our government against our political adversaries. Of all people, I never thought I would agree with Barney Frank on anything, but I couldn't agree with him more than on this. But why are they doing this? Because they don't want you to look elsewhere. They don't want you to look at the Biden family. Now, Joe Biden made a big deal during the 2020 election and since, claiming how his son Hunter is the finest man he knows, He's a great man. I've never involved myself in his business dealings. I've never asked him about his business. I've never discussed his business with him. Nothing. And now we find out from a whistleblower that Barisma had been in trouble with the Ukraine government. They had been in trouble with a prosecutor. And the whistleblower was an advisor to Barisma and he advised them to hire this particular competent firm of lawyers and that these lawyers would help to resolve the problems legally. The people at Burisma wanted to go and get Hunter Biden to sit on the board, knowing that if they got Hunter Biden, they'd have the influence of his father. The whistleblower said, do not do that. Stay away from the Bidens. And they did it anyway. And we know how that went. Joe Biden, word from his own lips, not even something that can be challenged, admitted because he thought he was bragging. He doesn't realize that his hubris, his bragging was just absolute evidence that he committed a crime. Told the president of Ukraine, if this prosecutor that's investigating Burisma, my son, is not fired by the time I leave here, you're not getting your billion dollars in aid. And the president said, you can't do that. You're not the president. You're only the vice president. He said, I said, call him. So that means means Obama knew about it. And all this cover-up is not to protect Joe Biden, because nobody really gives a crap about Joe Biden. He's an old fool. They want to protect Obama. Because Biden couldn't have done that by himself. Now, whether Obama got any money, that is not known yet. But he certainly had to know about it, because only Obama could hold back that billion dollars in aid, not Joe Biden. He's only the VP. He's just a lackey. And he breaks. Well, son of a bitch. Eight hours later, they fired him and they got their billion. But Biden says he never discussed his son's dealings. But that would be kind of hard to reconcile with the information we just got from Congress. The investigators have obtained WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden. Now, I'm not a covert operative. I've never been. But even I know that WhatsApp is a compromised messaging form and you don't send messages through WhatsApp. You just don't. Not if you're smart. And that's getting back to what I said earlier. The reason why people like Joe Biden and Hunter Biden go into politics, the Nancy Pelosi's who seem to always make the right stock trade because they're regulating the very businesses that they're trading on, the same people who say that ball players shouldn't bet on games that they're involved in or sports they're in because it's not right, but it's perfectly fine for them to trade on stocks with information that they get because they regulate. She sold her Google stock at a very opportune time. How is she worth all this money working a public job? So we have this WhatsApp message. Now, let me read this to you in case you haven't heard it on any other news agency, but there's people that have been playing this and they've been reading it in Congress. Listen to this. This is a message from Hunter Biden, WhatsApp, to Chinese businessman Henry Zhao, explicitly threatening that Joe Biden, his father, who was said to be in the room, would destroy him if the Bidens were not paid immediately. This was July 30th, 2017. Okay, so this is well before the 2020 election when Joe Biden says he never got involved with his son's businesses. Here's the quote from Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao. I am sitting here with my father, that would be Joe Biden, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that would be Z. that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, mean as short for Henry Zhao, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, his father, Joe Biden, and every person he knows, and my ability to hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Now, communications like this made it clear that the guest house at the Bides Delaware residence where Hunter Biden stayed in for the time had to be searched. Hunter Biden was staying at a guest house in Delaware where a lot of the secret documents that Joe Biden had were kept. But beyond that, how can Joe Biden credibly say he never discussed his son's business dealings when his son is representing that his father is in the room while he's saying this? And knowing how stupid Hunter is and how lazy he is, he probably didn't even type that message. So Joe Biden wouldn't even be able to hide behind the fact, well, I don't know what he's typing. He probably used a voice-to-text function to dictate it because he's too lazy to type. Suffice it to say that Joe Biden was lying. And what happens when members of the press finally wake up and they start asking House counsel, this guy, John Kirby, and the press secretary about these things. Oh, I'm just not going to answer that. You're just not going to answer that. I wonder what would happen if Trump's press secretary... Oh, we're just not going to answer that. You would go ballistic. Is it any wonder after this investigation was uncovered by people in the IRS, because it turns out that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, the one that's the greatest man he ever met, over a period of these years... Received $17.5 million in income from these unsavory sources in Ukraine and China and elsewhere. And he paid no tax on it. None. They wanted to investigate him. They wanted him prosecuted. They were stymied. They were slow walked. They were threatened by the Justice Department not to do it. And now, within weeks, Of the unsealing of the indictment against Donald Trump with 37 counts and with the revelation of the whistleblower and this WhatsApp message coming out, proving conclusively that the Bidens are nothing more than the Sopranos. A slow walked investigation is now pled out to two misdemeanors as if to say, that's it. Nothing to see here. Go look at Donald Trump, those dirty documents. Forget about this 10 million we stole. Forget about the bribes we received. How the hell do you think a dumb shit like Joe Biden, who's been in Washington for 49 years, never had a real job in his life, has no idea what it's like to work for a living, married most of that time to a schoolteacher, how does he afford the four oceanfront properties that he has? How does he have the opulent lifestyle that he has? How does he afford this on a government salary? How does he? because he's not doing it on a government salary. Well, maybe he is, but it's not the U.S. government salary. It's salary in the form of bribes from China, Ukraine, and maybe Russia, or any place where people are willing to buy United States influence. Joe Biden is willing to sell it. And yet this same Joe Biden had the gall during the presidential debate in 2020 to say that it wasn't him or his son. It's this guy. It's this guy, Point Trump. He's the guy. Meanwhile, we have the the text. We have the transcript of the WhatsApp message from 2017. He knew damn well he knew everything about his son's business. He's been getting money left and right. And other whistleblowers have identified the big guy in all these conversations as Joe Biden. The Bidens are the biggest thieves that have come down the pike. Now, the Clintons, let's juxtapose the Bidens to the Clintons. The Clintons were big political hucksters, but the Clintons were smart enough to try and hide it a little bit differently. They got it through their foundation, other things. They were doing the same thing the Bidens were doing. But the Bidens have got an elaborate scheme. They've identified 20-some-odd shell corporations, LLCs. Why does anybody need 20 shell corporations? If you're a government official working for the public, what kind of business interest do you have that you need 20 LLCs? You get a government check, and that's it. You see, my friends, this is the reason... People like Joe Biden, 49 years in government. This is the reason why we need term limits. This man never should have been allowed to be a senator as long as he was or a congressman as long as he was. These people just don't go away. You're trying to tell me that the best the Democratic Party had to run against Donald Trump in 2020 was a dementia ridden old man. This this party that supposedly wants to embrace everything woke, anything that's a minority, a black or a female. These are their champions. They're the champions of the minorities. So the best they could come up with was an old white guy to run. No, he was just the best guy that they could use to steal with. The best guy they could use that Obama could control and continue to run the government as he said he would like to in that interview he gave before he left office. And the Bidens continue to cash in. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Hand is out, hand is out, hand is out making money left and right. Everything is turned upside down. The people who are accusing Donald Trump, don't you realize this? The people who are accusing Donald Trump, who hasn't done anything, are the ones that are doing everything. And they're doing things far worse than Donald Trump. How can you possibly compare the media attention on a a, a very highly debatable question about documents, about where they should have been kept to retained retain them. And the president of the United States, the sitting vice president, having been the recipient of millions of dollars in bribes when he was vice president, something that should have disqualified him even for running for president. And yet he's there conceivably making even more money. Everything the Democrats accuse Trump of doing, they're doing. This woke nonsense is turning everything to shit. Now, before I leave this <clears throat> issue with the Bidens, you know, woke is one thing. But before I leave this, I it was something I neglected to point out. For those of you who are not familiar with this whole, bribery scheme and this transcript of the conversation with Henry Zhao. Henry Zhao, according to this report, was a key figure in securing a major investment deal with Chinese backers that paid a lot of money to Hunter Biden and his associates, and presumably including his father, the big guy, given what's in the message. Now, according to the IRS whistleblower cited in the House of Representatives report, the FBI did eventually authenticate this message. This is real. This is not manufactured. They dragged their feet in doing it, but they did authenticate it. Just as troubling, Mr. Henry Zhao has also been implicated as a Chinese spy and has deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party. So it isn't as though they were just dealing with a Chinese businessman he's also in with the Communist Party. The message further mentioned, of course, that Hunter Biden wanted to speak to the chairman. That is a reference to Ye Ming, who helped found CEFC China Energy, the firm Hunter Biden was partnered with. And they were implicated in a bribery scheme in 2017. As to who the Zhang is that's mentioned, they said they haven't Been able to track that down yet, but that's probably another official in the Chinese government. But the whole crux of the matter here is that it was authenticated. There is another uh, piece of this whistleblower testimony. Uh, It's an allegation that the FBI moved pretty fast to try and obstruct any possible evidence implicating Joe Biden in any one of a number of crimes. It's got, in this article, it has a couple of quotes here. Um, It was supposed to be very valuable, it said, for investigators to ask about Hunter Biden's dad as Walker went on to describe an instance in which the former vice president showed up at a CEFC meeting. That's the energy company that Hunter Biden was involved in. Now, Walker is the whistleblower. Walker said, we were at the Four Seasons that used to be in New York, it's closed now, and we were having lunch And he stopped in, just said hello to everybody. I don't even think he drank water. Hunter Biden said, I may be trying to start a company or try to do something with these guys. And could you? I think he was like, if I'm around and he'd show up. The FBI agent asked, so you definitely got the feeling that that was orchestrated by Hunter Biden to have like an appearance by his dad at that meeting just to kind of bolster your chances at making a deal work out? And the whistleblower said, sure. The FBI agent continued. Any times when he was in office or did you hear Hunter Biden say that he was setting up a meeting with his dad with them while dad was still in office? Yes. And then right after that, the FBI changed the subject. So everybody knew, everybody knew. And I'm telling you something right now. I listen to a lot of talk radio. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Ever since my dear hero Rush Limbaugh passed on, there's been nobody that has been the voice of reason like him. There were a few good local radio hosts, like believe it or not, Joe Piscopo runs an excellent show in the morning here in New York. But the two clowns that took over Rush Limbaugh's spot, I've ceased to listen to. They're worthless. Don't listen to them at all. Bucks Texton, I can't remember the other guy's name anymore. Two zeros. So I've gone almost exclusively to podcasts, and the class of the podcasts, both in intellect, content, and analysis is unquestionably Mark Levin. So I listen to him whenever I can. And I agree with him in that the FBI is corrupt. You hear all these people on these various talk shows saying how, well, you know, the FBI are basically good people, and most of the field agents are good people. How can all this be done in the FBI if all these people are so good and nobody can put a stop to it? You're trying to tell me it's only a handful of people at the top that are doing this? That the line agents have no way of of rebelling or reporting to Congress what's going on? There's a lot further down the chain this shit has rolled, and shit always rolls downhill. I'm of the opinion that the FBI is corrupted beyond repair and needs to be dissolved. The FBI was originally formed back in 1908 it currently has a budget of almost 10 billion dollars that's an incredible amount of money to spend on a law enforcement agency they have 56 field offices in major cities throughout this country and about 400 resident agencies in smaller cities they do things overseas they serve as supposedly the premier law enforcement agency It's not much law enforcement. They've made a lot of press releases. They seem to be disproportionately occupying their time with January 6th, which is probably the least threatening thing that has happened in this country in the last uh, six years when you're given all the riots we had with Black Lives Matter, that shakedown organization, and Antifa. Washington was burning the day um, Donald Trump was inaugurated. Nobody did shit about it. That was okay. That wasn't an attempt at in the government, but because somebody sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair and nobody had a gun, that was an insurrection. And the draconian sentences given out, 18 years. My question is, my point is, what the hell do we need an FBI for in this day and age if this is the type of thing that they're engaging in? We used to have a saying for them back in the old days, FBI stands for Forever Bothering Italians because they seem to be disproportionately concerned with the Italian mob and they I remember this one FBI agent who you'll see him cast as an agent in Goodfellas after he retired talking about you know these guys make him out to here these guys are gangsters well what the hell is the FBI it's certainly been revealed that they're gangsters the way they run in on these raids getting Roger Stone out of his bed and an old man with machine guns going into Donald Trump's a former president with a SWAT team of agents to descend on him. Supporting investigations or trying to stifle investigations against the sitting president who's acting like a mobster, shaking people down for money. I don't think there's anybody worth saving in the FBI. Or if there are, there's so few of them That they're just going to have to go. In fact, you wipe out the FBI, it'll almost be like God wiping out the earth with the great flood. The only eight righteous people he saved were Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. That was it. Everybody else, he said, you're no good. You got to go. And something like that's going to have to befall the FBI. Because things are out of control. It's really difficult to get your head wrapped around all this that I'm going over, how The world's upside down. The government is compromised. You you almost say you have to be a a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you can't believe it. It can't possibly be true. Here is a rapid fire um, synopsis put together by a fellow that somebody sent me. It's a video. Everything he says here is true. But it's going to sound unbelievable when you realize just how much has happened how far we've gone, how close we are to the precipice and to the point of no return, listen to this. Let me get this straight, the FBI was withholding from congressional oversight a document showing that during the Obama administration, Biden accepted a $10 million bribe through his son Hunter to force the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor that was investigating corruption, an event that Donald Trump looked into, sparking the first impeachment, and forcing the arming of Ukraine, in turn setting the stage for the current war against Russia. Evidence of the bribe was also in Hunter Biden's laptop, which the FBI also had, but that they swore was Russian disinformation and infiltrated social media to censor during the 2020 campaign, all while the FBI investigates Trump for having classified documents despite the FBI admittedly letting Hillary Clinton off for a similar charge in 2016 when they were simultaneously launching the Russiagate investigation into Donald Trump using falsified evidence provided by the Clinton campaign. Do I have that all straight? That just about says it all. And as crazy as that sounds, every single word of it is chronologically accurate and true. Listen to that again when you get a moment, and share it with your friends. That's it for now. Have a great weekend. Again, condolences to the families of all those lost in that tragic implosion of the submersible titan. May God have mercy on their souls. Have a good weekend, everybody. I'll see you Monday. For The Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Dury.